Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. Lois Wagner is your friend for forgiveness and freedom, helping you move from victim to survivor to thriver and beyond to freedom after facing a life or business challenge or adversity. Lois guides you to build your resilience and grit, to develop a growth mindset, to energize your mojo and learn to forgive. Hi Lois, welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Hi Leanne, it's great to be here, thank you. You're so welcome and I'm really excited to talk about our theme of fear to forgiveness to freedom today. But first, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Well, from fear to forgiveness to freedom is how I got to where I am today. So we won't go into the full story right now, but I always say come and smile with me. And I use that as an acronym to describe what I do. So I'm a speaker. Uh, I'm a TEDx speaker. Uh, I'm an author. I have a published book. The M is for um, mentoring, I is inspiring, L is learning facilitation, and E is empowering coach. So that is what I do. And how I get to there, it's uh, my whole life has brought me to this point uh, where I have faced challenges and adversities, and I've reinvented myself maybe 20 times. I've been in corporate, I've been an entrepreneur, I've been all over the place. <laughs> so it's a long story. We, we, we need an hour podcast to tell you all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose, you know, you said before that fear to forgiveness of freedom is your story. So do you want to start with that since that's what our theme of tonight is? Okay, well, I... <laughs> Well, one of probably the biggest story in my life, I was 40 years old and I was in partnership in a printing, a digital printing business way back in the day when digital printing was still a thing. (laughs) People didn't have color printers. And I was working late one night in my courtyard. My partner had gone on leave and I was finishing off a job and uh, The first I was aware that there was somebody there, he had his arm around my neck and a screwdriver to my neck. So it was a brutal fight. I fought this individual, but unfortunately I lost that fight. And uh, he he tied me up and he basically left me for dead. So it was uh, obviously a very traumatic event, but I was so angry. It happened, as I say, way back Uh, the word rape was never discussed in polite circle. And so, wow, this happened. (laughs) I was just more shocked and angry that it happened at at first. And so I became an activist. I wanted to change the world. He had been out on bail for rape. And I just thought I have to change the world. I have to change the law. Uh, It was in South Africa at the time when we were coming out of apartheid and they would join up a new constitution and looking for submissions. So I was going to make heavy submissions for this new constitution. 
So I lobbied and I petitioned and I marched and I wanted to change the world. So that is where it all started. Uh, and then the, the forgiveness part only came 14 years later. Um, so before that happened, uh, my business partner betrayed me, which <laughs> I wanted to get out of the business. And he offered to buy me out. And then instead of buying me out, he put the business into liquidation and I lost everything and I went deep into debt. So it was a double, it was a double rape. I said to him, the first one was by a stranger and the second was one was by somebody that I trusted. So it was a very, very difficult time for me. Uh, and then I left the country 13 years later. I went to go and work in the Middle East and I was coming home for my first holiday. So that was now 14 years later. And for some reason, I still to this day don't know what made me want to contact the authorities. The rapist had been apprehended and he was given a 25 year prison sentence. And I'd never inquired after him in, in those 14 years. But something prompted me to contact them and find out was he still incarcerated. And they informed me that he was having a parole hearing the day after I arrived in the country. And in addition, the law had just changed in South Africa, uh, allowing what they call victims of serious crimes to, to help uh, to attend parole hearings. So it was all too much of a coincidence. So I said, well, I've got to go to this parole hearing. So I went much against the advice and recommendations of family and friends. And I went to the prison. I went to the parole hearing. I was the first person in South Africa to attend one of these new parole hearings. And I forgave the rapist. That's a big thing, isn't it? The forgiveness part is what people struggle with. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I know we'll go more into it as we go along. But that is a big thing, isn't it? You've had some very traumatic events happen to you. And now you're getting to that point where, wow, forgiveness and something told you to do that. Yeah. So I actually now call myself Lois, the friend, your friend for forgiveness. Oh. <laughs> what do you think prompted you? Do you think it was a coincidence? Do you think it was intuition? Or what do you think actually prompted you to find out about that? I, would, I have no idea to this day. I just thought uh, it's time, I suppose. It's time to put this thing to rest. You know, we go through a healing journey and everybody's journey is different and we go at different paces and it's, it's not a linear journey. It's quite convoluted. And, you know, you think you healed. You think you're okay. You know, I was living in this lovely country. I was living in this free uh, beautiful uh, in the Middle East, Oman. It's going to be one of the greatest places in the world to live. Um, I was so happy there um, and everything was just perfect. So what made me even think about it? I have no idea. It just, and, and what happened was I was telling my friends that I was going home and I was going to go to this parole hearing and everyone would say, no, 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 don't go. And then one friend said to me, well, if you're going, you must forgive. And I said, don't be silly. How can I forgive? I mean, what this man did to me, he changed my life. He changed my world. 
No, he didn't change my life. I changed my life, but it was prompted by what he did to me. And I um, and he said, no, I must forgive. And I said, don't be crazy. And he said, take it from me, you must forgive. So I went and I visited Mr. Google <laughs> and I read up on forgiveness and I've, oh, there was so much out there. And I prepared this long, long speech on forgiveness based on some websites that I, I discovered. And I thought, well, I'm not really going to forgive, but I've done the homework. Mm. And so I prepared, I prepared this long speech. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was just something I was going to do. I was going to go to this prison. I was going to see this man, see what happened to him. And that was it. <laughs> so yeah, there was no real intention of forgiving. Do you think the forgiveness, like you said, you were you know, living really happily and everything, not realising that you needed to heal more. Do you think the forgiveness has healed you on a different level? Like what, what actually has it changed being able to forgive him? Well, you know, it was such an incredible experience because I went into the prison and because I was the first one there, they weren't really ready for me. And so it was quite an experience because I had to go through the prison. I had to walk through the prison, past all the prisoners. And it was quite an eerie feeling. And then I went into this room and there were eight gentlemen around the table and they explained the procedure to me. Then they brought him in and they went through all the, all the, uh, sort of procedures and they read his rap sheet and discussed how he had progressed or not progressed in prison. And then they just asked me if I had anything to say. And I said, yes. <laughs> and I pulled out this prepared speech and I started reading it. And as I read it, I was thinking, I don't even understand <laughs> what I've written. It's, it didn't make sense. It had no emotion, real emotion to it. Um, and he, his English was not his first language and he only had a grade six education. And so I just thought, this is rubbish. You know, this is not working. It's not working for me. I'm sure it's not working for him. And then I just actually just looked at him and I forgave him and I forgave him from my higher self to his higher self. And I handed back the responsibility to him. And it was the most incredible thing because as I did that, it made sense. It, it, it worked. And I thought, wow, <laughs> I've actually forgiven him. And to, I've never really been able to describe that true feeling. But what happened was the authorities said to me that they would let me know in seven days if he got parole or not. And it was so instantaneous. I just said, no, you won't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't need to know. Because what had happened, when, when you're in an unforgiving state, you are holding on to that angst and anxiety and sadness, depression or anger, whatever it is that you're feeling, you're holding on to it. Even though on a conscious level, you may have said, oh, I've let it go. It's in your subconscious and it's sitting there. And, and it was just instantaneous. I broke that bond. I completely severed that tie that was binding me to this individual. And I said that without thinking. It just came and I thought, I mean it. You know, I actually meant it. I now had nothing to do with this person anymore. I was completely, completely free of him of the situation 
And I didn't walk out of that prison. I literally flew out mm. of that prison, completely, completely free. And, and people don't understand that that is what forgiveness is about. It's just breaking that bond. You know, he attacked me from behind and I used to get so triggered. People would walk behind me and I would jump and I would startle and I'd get triggered when, when people spoke about rape or, or something similar happened to somebody else. And it's amazing. After that, I no longer get triggered. Nothing triggers me anymore. I can talk about it impartially. I can share the experience and there's no pain or, or hurt anymore. It's, it's gone. It's completely gone. I'm free. I'm completely free of him and that, that nightmare. Yeah. And I bet you that's a lovely moment too, to know I no longer have to, you know, carry that burden around with me, you know, because you said it does cause a lot of things, doesn't it? Because that, you know, when something traumatic happens, there can be anxiety, depression, all sorts of sadness and lots of things. And anger, especially, I would imagine, would be a big one. But to have that moment and you said you were flying out, and that's what we're saying, fear to forgiveness to freedom, it must be just a so totally different feeling to go, hey, I don't have to have that thing dragging along behind me anymore. Absolutely. And it's, it is, it's just the most incredible feeling to, to not be triggered, to not get emotionally involved anymore. And it's also important to forgive yourself. So I had to forgive myself for working late that night. I had to forgive myself for not knowing how to fight because I fought hard, but I didn't fought well. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and so uh, I had to forgive myself for that because I went through that. If only I'd known how to fight, I could have beaten him, you know. And so that was something I had to forgive myself for. And then I had to forgive myself for the hatred and the, you know, that is such a terrible, debilitating emotion to carry that hatred and that, that feeling inside of you. It doesn't do you any good. And so I had to forgive myself for holding those. And then for my behaviors, I drank too much and um, you know, all of those things to overcome the hurt. You, 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 you adopt these behaviors that don't serve you either. So it's important, very important that you forgive yourself as well. For, and, and I always say to people, just think of it that you did the best you could in the moment. And had you known different, you would have behaved different. And the perpetrator did whatever they did in the moment based on their own experience. And had they known better, they would have done different and made a different decision. So you can't, you know, this if only he had or I wish he hadn't. Those were decisions that were taken at that time. And you can't expect a different outcome. You know, it happened. Accept it. So Exactly. And that acceptance, has that been part of the process too? Yes, you've got freedom in that, but there's acceptance. Because as you say, it's not just about him, it's about you. Because I know a lot of people will hold on to say, oh, if only this had happened, or if I'd known this, or if I'd done that. But you can't live by that, can you? You will go through that. You will have those if only moments. It's natural. Mm. And it's natural to hate or be angry or whatever the emotion is, blame, guilt, whatever it is. It's, it's totally natural to have those feelings. But it's very important that you divorce the event from the emotion and then accept those emotions. Accept them. They're there for a purpose. And then deal with those emotions and, and actually acknowledge them and say, okay, I'm feeling hatred. I'm feeling 
anger, I'm feeling whatever it is, um, I, I always say, look at it um, in all of, using all of your senses. What does it smell like? It smells like rotten eggs. <laughs> what does it feel like? It feels like I was stabbed in the heart. You know, really feel those emotions in all the intensity, describe them, understand what it's doing to you, and then start moving to a, a better emotion. We're very good at visualizing, uh, doing vision boards and what have you for our careers and our homes and our partners, but we don't do it for our emotions. And we can do that for our emotions. How do I want to feel? I want to feel the sun shining on my face. I want to hear the birds singing. I want to smell freshly baked bread. And, and, and get the real feeling that you want to replace the negative feeling with and visualize it and, and draw a vision board and create an affirmation and be positive about it. Actually, it's, it's a wonderful that you've said that because I, I love talking to people about getting out in nature and using all your senses for getting balance back into your life. But you've actually given me an idea that the emotions, uh, an emotion vision board, using all your senses and that, that's the way to go, isn't it? Because that's the things you're feeling. Because if you can get rid of those, well, I say ugly feelings, but it's not, I don't mean them as a bad thing. Because we, as you say, we have to go through them, but it's how you manage them and then how you move forward, isn't it? And knowing what you want to move forward with. Absolutely. So, yeah, we, we, want to, we want that beautiful home and that home on the beach and we want those, but we want to be happy with them. We want to feel good about ourselves. So let's put the emotion into our visions. Mm, exactly. Now, with forgiveness, yeah. I, I've had, you know, the conversations with people and about forgiveness and, that, and a lot of them say, oh, no, I could never forgive that person. I could never forgive them for doing that. Do you find that comes up a lot that people really struggle with the idea of forgiveness? Absolutely. And it's natural. <laughs> it's mm. absolutely acceptable. So I've created a model where you move from victim to survivor to thriver and beyond to freedom. And when you are in victim mode or survivor mode, you cannot even think about forgiveness because you're dealing with those negative emotions. In victim mode, you're so full of hurt and pain and anger or whatever the emotion is, that there is no way you can consider. You, you're just trying to manage your own emotions at that point. And then when you move into survivor mode, survivor is still a struggle. So you, you use resilience to get to, to survivor mode. So when you're in survivor mode, you, you're still making meaning of what happened. Why did it happen? How did it happen? How should I change it? What should I do? What if, all the if onlys all the debates and the discussion, and you need a lot of courage and a lot of creativity at this point in order to deal with what has happened to you. And how can you think about forgiving at that point? Because you're still just trying to get back some kind of a normal life. Mm -hmm. So you can't even think about forgiving. So when people say that they, are, they can't forgive, they're either still in victim or survival mode, and you can't forgive when you're in that mode. I couldn't forgive when I was in that mode. It's only when you take the next step and, and the next step is when you, you get your grit and your grit is your passion and your perseverance and your persistence and you're forging forward to a new life, a new reality with new goals and aspirations. And that's when you start thriving. And now you can consider forgiving. Mm -hmm. And now it makes sense to forgive. 
but only now can you start forgiving so yeah yeah <laughs> so, I love that model that is just wonderful I love how you've explained it too because it is like I mean you often hear about things like grief moving through the stages but it's like the stages of forgiveness isn't there like you as you say you can't do it in victim mode um, and then you need to move to survival mode and then you need to be able to strive to go really go okay now how do I move forward or how do I forgive so I love yeah. how you've explained that thank you so Lois just you know we've got a couple more minutes but I just love people to know about your book what um, prompted you to write the book well the book started the very night I was raped because it was so wow this doesn't happen to me <laughs> and I was so angry that I thought I've got to tell the world the world has got to know that this happens because as I said no one spoke about it in those days it was way before the Me Too movement and so I started writing it as a journal with every intention of publishing it just as a journal um, and then it went on and on and on for years. <laughs> and then, because I, I didn't have an ending. And then when I forgave, I thought, okay, there's your ending. But in the meantime, I was living this really good life in, in the Middle East. And I was, you know, life took over and just sat there. And also what had happened in the meantime is the Me Too movement had happened. And so suddenly everybody was writing books and everybody was telling their story and I thought, oh, I'm just another Me Too now. You know, I'm not, whereas prior to the Me Too movement, I would have been, uh, I, I would have stood out because it was, people weren't talking about it. Now suddenly the world was talking about it. And I just thought, oh, I'm just going to be seen as another one. And I didn't want to just be seen as another one. So I just thought, no, nah, let it go. And then it was only when I was, uh, Two years ago, um, the Middle East wouldn't renew my, my work visa anymore because of my age. So I had to come back to South Africa. And I was 64 and I thought, oh, do I want to go back into the corporate world now? And I thought, no, let's rather do what, I've, what my calling was, my passion, and that's to do this transformational and support work for, um, for people who've been through some kind of a trauma. And I thought, well, now it's time. Let's put the book out. But in the meantime, the book has changed its format somewhat. It's not just a journal. It still has the journal aspect to it because it's very raw and compelling, the, the journal writing. It, it, it shows all the emotion. But I've now included my model and I've included some self-help tips and lessons. So it's part memoir, part sort of self-help guide, I suppose. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, Lois, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. I know our listeners will too. If they want to get in contact with you or find out more about what you do, where's the best place for them to go? Very easy. Walking with Art Skin. That is the name of my webpage. It's the name of my Facebook page and it's the name of my book. So Walking with Art Skin. If you Google that, you'll find me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'd like to invite all the viewers, all the listeners out there to fly free. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Igniters, Lois's model is truly wonderful, helping those who need it to forgiveness. If you want to find out more about Lois, check out Walking Without Skin. For those wanting more balance in their lives, go to leanneblaney.com.